Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and today we are previewing the GHSA Boys State Playoff Sweet 16. Before we get into that, let's talk about the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, March 19th at Chester T. High School in Gainesville, Georgia. This event is not invite only. It is open to everybody and anybody who wants to play at the next level, GHSA or otherwise. We will have videographers. We will have photographers. We will have some college coaches on hand helping train. We will hopefully have some college coaches in the building to evaluate. I, of course, will be there providing player evaluations for everybody at the camp highlights all this good stuff will be there that starts at 4 p.m march 19th at chestity high school more information on kyle sandy 3555 on twitter and at sandyspiel.com but today we want to talk about the ghsa state playoffs we will start in class 7a but before we do that Let's recap how I did across all classifications, 106 out of 128, just a shade under 83%. Not my best work, a lot of parity across the state. And, uh, you know, I was dinged in class 7A, 12 out of 16. And you know why? Because region 8 got swept and region 6 got swept. And that is where the damage was primarily done for me. So let's start on the top left-hand side. Osborne, a 54-50 winner over Denmark in overtime. Osborne was up like 15 points in the third quarter or so, and they let Denmark storm back, take them to overtime. But the Cardinals were able to survive. And now they see Norcross, who hit a bunch of threes and just dominated Collins Hill 90-61. to I think Norcross wins this game against Osborne. Osborne kind of seeing maybe a little bit of a microcosm of what this team has been this year very talented team but can have a little bit of a lull and a little bit of a lapse um, unable to put away Denmark and push them to overtime Osborne's very talented this is a good team I like the players on this team Justin McCarter Keyshawn McPherson Akai Fleming uh, a couple other guys inside Christian Gary Um, but Norcross is really really good they have all these players um, Bilal Abdurrahim just, you know, Mir Panawam, all these guys, they're physical, they're athletic. So, so Marion Bond's a good defender. Mari Jordan, I know, I don't have to list all the players. You know how all these guys are playing at the next level. Norcross is just going to be really tough for them. I think Osborne can hang around a little bit, um, but Norcross is tightening the screws this time of year, and they're trying to defend their state title, so I like Norcross to advance. Next up, Newton, 68-59? Only a nine-point win over Harrison. They play Pebblebrook 50-48. TJ Holmes a game winner at the buzzer 50-48 over Lowndes. Pebblebrook, big win, big win, big win on the road. So Pebblebrook versus Newton. Uh, Pebblebrook's beaten a lot of good teams this year. Obviously, they've, they've slid a little bit as the season has gone on. But they're a good group. Jason McCullough is really tough. Hits some shots. Um, Cameron Smith, a really lengthy outside shooter as well. They have a ton of talent, a ton of talent on this team. Jean Simon going to uh, Dayton. They're good. They're really good. Um, Newton, they, you know, they've been good, but I don't think Newton has played their best basketball, and I think a lot of that's because Ja'Kai Newton was hurt for a majority of the season. But Stephon Castle, 
going to UConn. He's he's got to be big. He's got to be strong. I, I'm I'm going with Newton in this game, but Pebblebrook is a four seed. It's a four seed you do not want to see play uh, against you, especially uh, this early in the state tournament. So I'm going with Newton, my original pick, but really not 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 going to be surprised if Pebblebrook pulls this game out. Newton just got to crank up uh, the defense and a little bit tighter there. Um, but I'm going with the Rams. I think they've just been a, a smidgen better than Pebblebrook, especially down uh, down the stretch here in this season. Bottom left-hand side, Cherokee 59-45 over West Forsyth. And they see Buford. Nope, they see Burkmar. 58-53, Buford the one seed, defeated by 13-15, and 15, Burkmar. Burkmar, again, that's a scary four seed. Um, significant talent on that roster. Did not have a good season, but for Buford to really uh, have their season end prematurely, just really disappointing. And I really like Cherokee in this one. Now, they got to contend with that size inside Makai Raglan, but Cherokee's seen Wheeler. They're not going to be seeing anything they haven't seen before. Cherokee moves the ball exceptionally well. They're going to really challenge Burkmar on the perimeter as far as when they swing the ball around. Can Burkmar close out on these shooters? Cameron Pope's really tough. Tatum Owens, you know the list of characters, are really, really good. And this game is going to be at Cherokee. That's going to be a packed house. I really like the Warriors. It's going to be a tough game. Like I said, Burkmar's got talent on the roster. But I think Cherokee, cohesion-wise, what they've done this year, team chemistry, homegrown team, really like Cherokee. I think they find a way to pull it out and make it to the Elite Eight. Bottom left-hand side, Parkview defeated Hillgrove 64-61. And we have... Carrollton over Colquitt County, 77-56. Oh, this is going to be a tough matchup. Parkview, of course, with that great town. Isaiah Wilkins, Mike Matthews, Donnie Mussey, um, Chase Holmes, all those guys really, really good. Got a couple other guys that are impact players. But Carrollton, I trust in O'Brien Watkins. I trust in Keyshawn Pace. I trust in Caleb Oden, Eli Pippins, Hudson Blackman. They have a really nice core. And Don Bray, uh, he doesn't get as many flowers as he deserves. He's a, he's a good coach. He's, he's a talented, uh, good coach, has done a really nice job since taking over that program. I think this one's going to be a dogfight. I think Carrollton at home, I think they might have a little bit more grit and guile in them, and I think they eke this one out over Parkview. But again, um, once you get to this level of the game in Class 7A, everybody's roster has a ton of talent. Parkview maybe possibly has more talent than Carrollton does, um, but I'm going to go with Carrollton at home. Top right-hand side, Westlake 53-42 over Camden County. They will see McEachern 66-55 over Seth Gwinnett. I like McEachern in this game, but Westlake is really good. Tyler Husband, bouncy guy, Juan uh, Gaston, six foot eight, big football player, uh, a big old boy. They got some athletes over there at Westlake. McEachern's going to have to play well, but I just think McEachern, um, top to bottom, has nearly as much talent as anybody in the state with Ace Bailey, Jamichael Davis, J.D. Palm, Moses Hips. list goes on and on and on. I like McEachern in this one, but I think Westlake could really make this a game, and I wouldn't be surprised if this game's still hanging in the balance with three minutes left to play. Next up, North Gwinnett. They beat Mill Creek. This is a, another game I got wrong. I got the Buford game wrong. I got this game wrong. North Gwinnett, 12-16. and 16. Part of that sweep of Region 8, they defeat Mill Creek 72-62. Now they see Wheeler, 
who defeated Milton 81-64. Jacob Dixon had a good game, had about 17 points. Um, Josh Dixon, uh, good game for Milton. Um, but Wheeler ended up pulling away Wilton or <laughs> Wilton. Oh man, if Wheeler and Milton had the same program and combined rosters, that'd be that'd be scary. But Wheeler, I think they're just going to be too big, too tough. You're asking a lot of uh, uh, North Gwinnett to kind of slow that down. Uh, with Julian Walker, that's going to be really tough defending all that size of Wheeler and Isaiah Kellier, of course, the All American. Um, North Gwinnett, uh, obviously very well coached, but they just. I think they're bringing a knife to a gunfight with the firepower that Wheeler has, and I think Wheeler um, should be able to slowly matriculate this game and end up pushing this out to double digits and defeating North Gwinnett. Bottom right-hand side, I picked Campbell to win at Valdosta, and I was proven wrong. Valdosta, 61-60, a nice win over a talented Campbell team. Now they see Grayson. Grayson uh, left no crumbs. In a 99-56 win over Marietta. Uh, Valdosta has some size inside Israel. Uh, Jen Red is a, a bit raw, I think, but he's about six foot eleven. He's big, can block some shots, not a huge offensive presence, but he's gonna be out there and he's gonna be trying to dictate what happens in the paint. Valdosta has a couple other uh nice players on the roster, but um Grayson's really good. Anthony Alston. Uh, Jakari Harris is just going to be a different breed that I think that Valdosta backcourt, uh, Eric Levin company just have not quite seen yet. Uh, and then of course, Amir Taylor, Chad Moody, um, Moody inside, uh, altering shots. I think Grayson wins this one, but, uh, and it's going to be at Grayson. Well, it's not going to technically be at Grayson. I, I think Archer is Grayson's new, new home court, uh, as their, uh, gym is under, uh, you know, Got all screwed up and everything like that. So Grayson, not necessarily uh, their true home court, but uh, I believe they'll be back at Archer again. Uh, long story short, I expect Grayson to win this game. I just think top to bottom, they have more talent. They're going to be bigger other than the one center position than Valdosta. And I, I think they, you know, Valdosta, that's a long trip up to go see Grayson. So I like the Rams. Next up, Peachtree Ridge defeated Mountain View 70-45. to and Lambert, my Elite Eight pick, goes by the wayside as Region 6 is swept off the board. Lambert defeated by Walton, 63-49. Walton has a great shot at making it to the Elite Eight with Luke Flynn, Harrison Morris. Those guys are good. Um, Peachtree Ridge, I haven't really... Um, I don't know how I would say it. I wouldn't say not giving them love. No love as far as, I guess, the... Uh, state rankings go um but they're they're good and i think Petrie ridge is going to make it to the elite eight now connor teasley was an all-region pick a really good underclassman guard byron martin was an all-region pick uh jameel peters uh there's some good talent on this roger kush is a a high flyer he's an impact maker i think they will be able to defeat walton and Petrie ridge uh, you know, they, they run some really good stuff defensively. Um, but Coach Abney over there is at, at Walton is, uh, you know, as good as they get as well. I think it's going to be a really good uh, X's and O's match. But I, I think at the end of the day, Petrie Ridge might uh, might have the juice to get past Walton. And plus this game's at Peachtree Ridge, so maybe the slight advantage being in Gwinnett County. So I'm going Lions over the Raiders. 
In Class 6A, 13 out of 16 games, we predicted correctly. One we got wrong. We lost the Final Four team, everybody. Rory Welsh did not get the job done with Langston Hughes, surprisingly. River Ridge, a huge win, 53-50. Aaron Darling, again, continuing to surge up the charts as far as Coach of the Year candidates go. I think River Ridge... Has to relish the position they are in. They're in a great spot considering they've been overlooked, underrated all year long. That's got to be a rallying cry for this River Ridge team. Now they go see Blessed Trinity, who came back from an early deficit against North Forsyth, won 68-56. Blessed Trinity, that is a beatable team. You're not running up against a, a Grove Town or anything like that. Um Blessed Trinity obviously has Brigham Rogers inside, which is going to be a huge, huge factor uh, for River Ridge to defend. But Jackson Head is very strong. I know uh, Rogers is a weight room warrior as well, but those two bodies will bang. Coach Darling does have multiple 6'6 big men and above on the bench that he could throw out there if he needs to use five fouls and to defend and go deep into his bench. Um. Ty Harpering's going to have to hit some shots for Blessed Trinity. I know he was cold in the first half against North Forsyth. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Blessed Trinity is a team I've had in the top 10 at certain times in this year, more so earlier in the season. River Ridge hasn't been in there, but River Ridge is playing really well. They play really hard. They play together. Uh, And like I said, I feel like they have to be feeling like they're in a great position. I know they want their respect. They want to be picked to win games. They want to be in the top 10. But there is nothing wrong being a quote-unquote underdog in my eyes and playing with some house money. I think they have a great chance at winning this game. I know they're on the road, but it's not going to be an environment that's going to be too big for River Ridge. I'm going to pick Blessed Trinity just because I have had them in my top 10 this year, and I, I want to stay loyal to that. But I, by no means, would be surprised if River Ridge wins this game. David uh, Hansraj is really good. And uh, Jay McCord, of course, hitting big shots to win the game. Um, I think they have a great shot at this one. But uh, Blessed Trinity, like I said, I'm going to stick with that being my, my pick if they can get some support around Brigham Rogers. But River Ridge, uh, again, as an underdog, I'm sure this motivates them, but... They're in a really good spot. Next up, we have Riverwood 59-58 over Woodward Academy. Region 3 only sent one team to the next round, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, They got beat up pretty good by Region 4. And I know talking to some Region 3 coaches, uh, that probably wasn't what they were expecting. But Riverwood, I had a feeling this game could be up in the balance for it to be decided by someone. Uh, Riverwood has some good scoring guards. Karis Bilal, of course, committed to play at Vanderbilt. Big win. Um, But they are seeing Lee County, a 61-49 winner over Evans. This game is at Lee. Um, Lee County, they're uh, they're tough. They got that region player of the year in DJ Taylor, the point guard that just makes them go. They got some quality athletes as well. Josiah Parker, point forward could cause some problems um but they're gonna have to be able to defend on the perimeter between Jalen Leonard and Karis Bilal those guys get their shots up and they score a lot 
and Buck Jenkins is a very good coach. Lee County is my original pick from last podcast. I'm going to stick with them, but River Red, uh, they got talent in the backcourt, and those two guys can score and score at a high level. So uh, don't be surprised if they combine for 50 points and Riverwood goes to the next round, but I'm sticking with Lee County at home. Bottom left-hand side, it was scary, but South Paulding pulled it out against Sequoia. 56-54, and now they see Lanier, who only beat Sprayberry, 67-64. X's and O's will be a factor in this game, but as will Jimmy's and Joe's, and I think that's where Lanier has the advantage in the front court with Osmar Garcia and, of course, Jason Nathaniel. South Paulding does not have a ton of size. Tallest player is about 6'4". Um, got a huge game out of David Williams as an X-Factor the other night for South Paulding. They're going to need Andrew Levine to hit outside shots. Jeremiah Taylor, great at getting to the basket. Um, maybe slightly concerned uh, with uh, Nathaniel down there. And Osmar, not not particularly known as a shot blocker, but there are some big bodies and some quality athletes that can alter shots at the rim. If that makes life tougher for South Paulding, um, life will be tougher, of course. Um, but Lanier, again, at home, uh, if you're South Paulding, you do have to feel pretty pretty okay with seeing only a three-point victory for Lanier uh, against Sprayberry. Um, I think South Paulding is better than Sprayberry, but you know at this time of the year, it's all about um, styles make fights and uh, – Anything goes this time of year, so uh, it'll be tough for South Paulding to win this game, uh, and that's why I'm going to stick with Lanier to win, but seeing that there might be something Sprayberry exported in the first round gives Gil Davis and company uh, reason to believe, but I will stick with Lanier at the ranch. Next up, Marist picked up a convincing win. 72-40 over Lovejoy, and now they see Grovetown 75-47 over Houston County. Grovetown's going to be bigger. They're going to be faster. They're going to be more athletic. Um, but Maris is fundamentally sound on defense, and they move the ball, and they can hit some shots. But that's going to be tough. Just the length defensively is going to make looks a lot more difficult for Marist. Marist is well enough coached to – uh, make this game interesting, but it's going to be at Grovetown. It's probably going to be a circus over there. It's going to be a packed house. They really support that team, and I think Grovetown is just going to have too much talent, and uh, they're really going to hurt them, I think, in the paint and around the rim with their length inside, so I have Grovetown. Top right-hand side, Brunswick 60-57 over Tip County. Jonesboro 48-34 over South Cobb. The zone gave Jonesboro problems. They pulled away late, but that game was pretty much a nip and tuck for a vast majority of it. Um, Jonesboro is going to have to play a lot better against Brunswick. Uh, Jonesboro needs to start scoring the ball uh, more efficiently, I feel like. It's at Jonesboro. I think that's going to play a big factor. Uh, but Chris Turner is a really good coach over there at Brunswick, and Kamarian Johnson uh, has that dynamic scoring presence uh, as a swingman. And, of course, Brunswick has some strong-nosed, hard-nosed, tough football players that will not be afraid of Jonesboro and will mix it up. But Jonesboro at home, I think Jonesboro has been a little bit better than Brunswick, but, again, Jonesboro hasn't necessarily played that upper echelon talent. Uh, it feels like in maybe over a month or two now, 
uh, while Brunswick has not been successful in playing Grovetown, but has seen the very best of the best. So Brunswick might be in a little better form right now, but I'm going on with Jonesboro. Next up, Shiloh, a 64-51 winner over Alpharetta. Now they travel to Alexander, 65-57 over Rome. The good news here for Alexander is Jaquan Nelson will be back in the lineup. One of their best scorers on the roster that transferred in from Rome was suspended the past two games. So they get a shot in the arm um, in the backcourt. A guy that can get red hot microwave score. Sometimes we'll take a couple bad shots, but he's going to make up for him with the deep threes and the tough shots that he does connect with. Kim Rivers is a hell of a coach there in Shiloh, even when his uh, you know lineup isn't as isn't as strong as years past talent-wise. They still have a couple good players. Tylus Jordan is a Division One prospect at six foot eight, a sophomore. Emmanuel Kogi's a tough little guard. They have some pieces. They play hard. You're gonna get after it. They're gonna run some very stingy defense, and they're gonna they're gonna make Alexander uncomfortable. But I think Alexander, at the end of the day, just a little longer, a little more talented. It's at home. I think they ride that talent to the next round. But I think Shiloh. Um, Gives them everything they want. But I do think Alexander is, overall, the better team this year. Bottom right-hand side, we got this game wrong. Lakeside Evans defeated Veterans 63-59. And now they take on St. Pius, who squeaked out a 56-50 win over Rockdale County. Uh, St. Pius is going to have to play a lot better than what they did the other night. I'm sure everybody on that team knows that. If they want to win the state title... Um, they really have to extend their lead and get stops and put the ball in the basket. Uh, they were going back and forth in a tight game with Rockdale, a 13-14 and 14 team heading into the tournament. Uh, and now they see Lakeside Evans. Uh, I would assume that they should be okay, but Lakeside Evans, they have a couple guys that can score the ball as well. And again, talking about that region, they've seen Grovetown. Um, so... They, they've seen the best of the best, so they won't be scared at anything St. Pius does, but I think Blake Wilson will hit enough shots. And again, I tor- turn toward Spencer Elliott being an X-Factor as a six foot nine rim protector and a guy that can clean up misses inside. So I'm rocking with St. Pius. Bottom right hand side, Pope did indeed defeat Habersham Central 63-56. Uh, Pope is just really well coached. Pat Abney, they found a way to beat a good Habersham Central team. And now they see Etowah, 79-51 winners over Paulding County. Uh, it's going to be tough for Pope. I don't know if they had the firepower to match up, but again, you're talking about two of the better coaches in the state of Georgia and Pat Abney and Jason Dossinger. This is going to be a entertaining game as far as what happens on the sidelines. I think Etowah has more firepower. Brandon Rickstoner's going to be an issue. Dimitri Angelakos going to be an issue with just how deep they can stretch the floor and shoot the three. Uh, I think Etowah's going to be a little bit better individually off the bounce, especially with Brandon Rickstoner. Um, so I'm going with Etowah in this game, but Pope, <sighs> Pat Abney is not going to get blown out in the state playoffs. If they lose uh, expect them to throw the whole kitchen sink at Etowah and to make this game tight. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this not uh, if this game is not close, uh, at least midway through the fourth quarter. Um, but Etowah is my pick. I think they have been the better team all season long, and they are built for a deep run in the state tournament. Moving on to Class Five A. 
13 out of 16, we were able to lock in Tri-Cities, 68-57 over Cambridge. Cambridge had a great run at the end of the year. Connor Scott, a really good game. But Tri-Cities, just a little too quick, too talented in the end in that one. And now they see Hiram, a 68-45 winner over Heritage Conyers. That was a tough four seed, and Hiram handled them beautifully. This one's going to be a good game. There's some really fun matchups in the Sweet 16 here. Tri-Cities, again, that great backcourt. Corey Mincy going to Presbyterian. Malik Johnson's really good. Noriko Danner's tough. Kendon Wilberg. Um, so those big four in the backcourt are going to challenge Hiram. But where I think Hiram has the advantage is Walter Matthews inside the big boy. If they are able to dump the ball down low. He can make a difference. And then you got Chase Tyler has that length and size on the perimeter at about 6'4", 6'5", and Jay Boyd. So they really match up well as far as firepower goes on the perimeter. Hiram has a size advantage in a couple spots. Amari Forts is a hell of a coach, and he's going to have Tri-Cities ready. And this is exactly why. This moment right here is why Tri-Cities has played a murderous row in the non-region schedule. And coming out of Region 5, they've seen really, really good competition. But I'm going to go with Hiram here. I, I like this Hiram squad. I know they're not terribly deep. Um, but Aaron Wesley's a good defender. Sakai Lockhart's tough. Uh, I, I, I like Hiram to win this one, but I think it's going to be a really good game. But Hiram is my initial Final Four pick, and I'm going to stay true to that. Next up, Tucker, 65-45 over Northgate. And they see Jones County 65-44. They blow out Bradwell Institute on the road. That is one I got wrong. So looky, looky, looky. Jones County is back to playing some good basketball. Even though they slip to the four seed, they get this win. I don't know. I like a 21-point road win over a one seed, even though it might not have been the strongest one seed in the tournament. You went on the road. That wasn't in your backyard. Very unfamiliar opponent. And they took care of business. Now they see Tucker. Uh, Tucker was my, again, initial pick. I'm going to stick with Tucker. I think Josiah Lawson's going to be a handful in this game. And they got some other tough guards. Um, Christopher Whitmire's a good shooter. But Jones is tough. Jalen Sanford is a really, really good player. College coaches buzz his phone. I'm pretty sure he's still available. He's going to be a good one. Um, and Dathan Harris, if he's limiting turnovers and getting his team in the set and playing good defense, uh, you know, Buck Harris is a hell of a coach. He's going to have them prepared. Buck Harris first, James Hartree, um, two very well-respected winners in the state of Georgia. I'm going to go with Tucker since they're at home, but uh, Jones County's tough. Jones County was in the top ten for a long time this year. Injuries kind of screwed things up. They're very, very dangerous. Don't be surprised if Jones wins this one, but Tucker is who I am going to go with. Bottom left-hand side, Mays 87-70 in a fun high-scoring game over North Springs. Now they see Winderboro 53-41 over Cartersville. All right, Jeremiah Hallway has to have a big game here for Winderboro. He's very capable of doing it. He can match up with these Mays talented backcourt members. I feel like Mays might have a little bit more depth, but... Winderboro is very, very tough. They're playing great basketball. They've won a good handful of games in a row now. Um, this would be a fun game to keep an eye on. Um, I'm looking at Mikhail Williams has to have a good game in the backcourt for Mays, a really good distributor. Of course, I've always been a huge Solomon Evans fan. And, uh, you know, they got other guys, Jacorian Wiggles, like getting some guys off the football field that can provide some toughness. But, Winderborough, Justice Billings has to be big inside. He's got some size to him. Jaron Samuel, 
This is a good Winder Barrow team, a very good Winder Barrow team, and it's going to be at home. This is going to be tough for Mays. Mays is my initial pick. I'm going to ride with Mays. Winder Barrow is very capable of winning this game, and uh, I think Travis McDaniel is going to have them ready to play at home. The dog pound, dog house, going to be packed, but I'm going to stay true to my my pick from the last podcast. I'll stick with Mays. I think they've seen really good teams in the region and non-region schedule, as has Winder Barrow, but I think Mays might be a little smidgen better. Bottom left-hand side, to finish things up, we have Lithonia. 58-57 over Northside Columbus, a gritty win. Now they see Eagles landing 80-32 against Greenbrier. Uh, Lithonia, a terrific job again, Sam Marion, getting this team to the Sweet 16. But now Eagles landing, it's just a whole other animal. Lithonia plays great defense, but that's just going to be asking so much for them to slow down Eagles landing. I know Caleb Taylor's a really good score for Lithonia, but... I just expect him to be hounded by this Eagles landing team. And if this turns into a track meet, which Eagles landing loves to soar and fly high, I think the Eagles are going to be able to pull away in this one. Uh, Really tough second-round matchup for Lithonia. I just really think Eagles landing and kill are destined to play each other in the state championship. Top right-hand side, Union Grove, 62-48 against Statesboro. Love to see Union Grove playing well, a team from the Sandy Spiel Fall League. Really appreciated them making that long drive to East Paulding every Sunday. And uh, maybe that's helped pay off just a little bit. Um, But love to see them doing well. And now they see McIntosh. And these two teams are very familiar. Union Grove beat McIntosh twice this year, if I'm not mistaken. One time was a blowout. But McIntosh won 53-48 over Shambly. I'm going to go with Union Grove just because they beaten them earlier in the season. Uh, I know the big guy, UCLO, was going to be a big problem for McIntosh inside, and Brandon Cherry's a good shooter. Um, but again, Union Grove has multiple 6'4 and 6'5 wings you can throw out there, and Niall King, uh, Caleb Samples off the bench, I think he has really good upside. And then Tony Cole, if he's able to hit some shots. And then just those Union Guard, Union Grove little point guards, uh, they're steady, they're savvy, they're nothing flashy, but they know how to play the game, and they help get their players their teammates in good positions. I like Union Grove to win this one, but McIntosh, um, they've had a great season. They haven't lost in a long time, this McIntosh team. So they're flying high. Peachtree City, uh, not too terribly far from Union Grove, but I think the Chiefs are going to have that student section rocking, but I'm going with Union Grove here in a bit of an upset per se, even though they did beat them twice. Next up, we got this game wrong. Cass 68-49 over Jefferson. They really took it to Jefferson. And, you know, Cass coming into the game was only 14-13, and 13, but Jefferson was 10-17. and 17. And, uh, hey, I guess a team with a better record did one. So maybe this wasn't a uh, an upset, but I was surprised to see it a 19-point game. Now they see Chapel Hill 60-51 over Chattahoochee. I think Chapel Hill's better than Cass. They just, they've been a better team this year. Uh, O'Ray Towns is going to be a really tough score. Kyrus Doucette. Uh, but Jaden Foster's good for Cass. Jelani Hames is good. But I think Chapel Hill, you know, a big X factor here, here is Calvin Hunter at about 6'7, 6'8. Blocks some shots, rebounds, and stretch the floor a little bit. I think Chapel Hill is just a better team at this point in the season. But kudos to Cass for making it to the Sweet 16. And again, um, they have a pulse, they have a heartbeat. They could go even further, but it would be a surprise if they do. Bottom right hand side. Dutchtown 50-39 over Coffee. They will see Decatur, where it's greater, 66-56 over Harris County. 
I'm going with Dutchtown in this one. I know Decatur's playing exceptionally well right now, region champs, but Dutchtown, when they have everyone going, they're big, and they got long guards, and they got dudes that can score, and they can defend. Dutchtown has all the ingredients of a team that could make a Final Four run if they didn't have to see kill. But they have all the ingredients to really make a deep run in the state tournament. I, I think they beat Decatur. Um, Decatur's had a, like I said, they've had a great season so far. They've really risen to the occasion, uh, picking up some big wins, winning that region tournament. They beat Tucker, but I think Dutchtown is just big across the board with Matthew Hinton protecting the rim, Jeremiah Edwards, Adrian uh, Avery, Adrian, Adrian, Avery, you know, two first names, two last names, however you want to say it. Um, they're, they're a tough team, and I like Dutch 10 to advance. And lastly, I got this game wrong. I kept saying the Hive is a tough place to play. You're going to have to deal with uh, one of the best players in the entire state in Dylan Faulkner, but Eastside gets the job done. Eastside goes to Calhoun, comes away with a 60-54 to 54 win, and now they are rewarded with Kell. 97-68 over a darn good Maynard Jackson team. Um, Eastside, I, I don't know how they win this game. Casey Saunders and Larry Rivers, two all-region picks, are going to have to play outside of their mind, but Peyton Marshall, too big. C.J. Brown, Cannon Richards, you got... Um, Cologne hitting shots outside. I mean, how many how many weapons does Kell have? Uh, that's just that's just really really tough. It's going to take a momentous effort from anybody in the state to beat Kell uh, and stop this run to the state title. So I like Kell to win this one and put an end to a great great East Side season. Next up in Class Four A, thirteen out of sixteen, we were able to hammer home. Top left-hand side, McDonough, even without Davion Thomas, 66-57 over Holy Innocence. They now see Sonoraville game. I got incorrect. 71-59 winner over Seconder. It was just a, a nightmare night for Seconder. Tony Wells, their best shooter, goes down early in the game, does not really return after that. Sonoraville has guys step up that... Uh, you know, weren't necessarily uh, big-time scores. They came to play and uh, hit some big shots, helped them out there. And then, uh, you know, you get Elijah Woods and Jordan Story, all-region performers, along with Donovan McDaniel. Uh, that trio helps Sonoraville to the second round at the Furnace. Next up is McDonough and the Furnace. I don't see Sonoraville defeating McDonough. Uh, Seconder is not quite McDonough. McDonough is more athletic than Seconder. Seconder has some good shooters, but as we mentioned, Tony Wells got injured in this game. Um, McDonough's going to press. They're going to really challenge Sonoraville's guard play and able to handle that pressure. That's going to be a fun environment. Uh, Warhawks are going to have to be ready for that one, but I'm still sticking with McDonough, especially after a good, strong win over Holy Innocence. Next up, Southeast Bullock 70 to 67 over Whitewater. Another one we got wrong here. Southeast Bullock was 12 and 17, and they get the win over Whitewater on the road. Disappointing end to Whitewater season. And now they see Westover, who was trailing for, I feel like they were trailing for a decent portion of this game, came back and beat Spalding 69-66. Going with Westover here at the Boston Garden. Gonna be difficult for Southeast Bullock. I'm not sure if Lightning will be able to strike twice, but who knows? 
Colin Smith, if he gets hot, they have a chance. But I do like Westover, Kamari, Leverett, and company at home. Again, going to be a tough environment in the 2-2-9. Bottom left-hand side, Pace Academy. 67-28 over Miller Grove. No love lost. Miller Grove was not taken easy on by their former head coach, Truman White. Put a hurting on the Wolverines. Now Pace sees Walnut Grove, who's red hot. 73-45 over Southeast Whitfield. Marcus Smith is playing out of his noggin. I think he had 28-8. You got Alex Cannon at 6'10", blocking shots. Destin Christen at about 6'5", 6'6", inside-out physical presence. Nick Tires knocking down outside shots. Walnut Grove is a threat. Pace has to play well in this one. Will Witherspoon is going to have the boys coached up. The game is going to be at the Grove. This is not going to be a walk in the park for Pace. I could see this game being close. I think Pace ultimately wins this game. Um, But Walnut Grove is playing really, really well. And I think Tyler Joel gets healthier and healthier. Again, I don't know if he's really going to see the floor or not. He still might not be 100% clear to make an impact. Um, But maybe they stick him in the corner, knock down a three. Uh, if need be, but Walnut Grove is really playing well right now. But uh, I think Kyle Green and I think LJ Moore and I think Eric Chatfield are going to have to play big games for Pace County. I think they win this one, um, but I don't think the state needs to be shocked and the, the jaw does not have to hit the floor if Walnut Grove finds a way for this signature win. Next up, bottom left-hand side, LaGrange, 79-54 over Burke County. Handled their business quite easily in a really impressive win. Going on the road and securing a victory. Impressive win for the Grangers. But now it gets it gets tougher. It gets tougher. They have to go to Baldwin. But Baldwin, they only squeaked out a 55-50 win over Cairo. Um I don't know. LaGrange really has a great shot at winning this game. Again, Baldwin, two best players, two leading scorers from early in the season, left the program. Um, But other guys have most certainly stepped up for this team. And Anthony Webb is a supreme coach. Very well done uh, getting this team to where they are. Guys have really stepped up. Tremarius Lawrence has become the team's go-to guy and leading scorer. And then Jacoby Nixon, very physical um, but Mark Field has a couple athletes, a couple talented players in his own right. Devin Dow is a good guard. Garrett Jacobson's tough as well. They're pretty deep. I'm going Baldwin. Baldwin's tough. Um, they play good defense. They're at home. I think these teams are fairly evenly matched as far as talent goes. Um, but just knowing that Baldwin's won games like this in the playoffs before, I'll go with that winning culture. Uh, but the Grains, extremely dangerous. Top right-hand side, Mark Gaines gets Perry into the Sweet 16 with a 61-54 win over Shaw. Now they see Benedictine. I thought they were a bit of a sleeper to make a run. 65-47, they really put it to Trinity Christian. Caleb Jones is a great three-point shooter. I think Benedictine at home. I think the Cadets beat Perry. I think Benedictine is going to the Elite Eight. Uh, They're playing really well right now. 16-5 on the season. Uh, I think they find a way to beat Perry and protect home court. Next up, we had Madison County, uh, 49-74, 74-49 is how you should read that score. Madison County takes it to Northwest Whitfield. 
And now they see Lovett. Lovett, 55-46, a, a competitive game with Druid Hills. Now I have great concern with what Madison County is going to do as far as defending Christian Anderson because you know everything is going to run through him. He's going to take his 25 shots and he's going to score over 30 points. Um, but Madison has three or four guys that can score and score a lot. They have more options in Lovett, even though Kyle's, Kyle Walters is a very good um, second option. Uh, Love it's good. Love it. Certainly, you know, they're the one seed. They're at home. They can really win this game. They've beaten good teams throughout the season. But I'm just on a Madison County kick right now. I just think if they get those open looks from three, those guys spray the ball. Mason Smith, Grant Smith, Jay Carruth, region player of the year is really good. Chris Rhodes is going to play a big factor in this game. If Madison County can get some stops, I think their scoring is enough to beat Love it. It's going to be tough, but Madison County... I believe in the Red Raiders. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, really nervous about how they can defend Christian Anderson, but I think Madison County, that's my pick, and I'm sticking with it. Bottom right-hand side, this is where things got a little too uncomfortable for me. Bainbridge, 46-43 over Westside Macon. They squeeze one out, beat Davian Henderson, Shannon Fountain, and that good backcourt of Westside. Now I see Fayette County, who nearly cracked 100, 98-73 on New Hampstead. Um, Fayette County can score. I think Fayette County's backcourt's a little better than Westside's backcourt. That could cause some problems for Bainbridge. Bainbridge plays pretty good defense, but I think R.J. Kennedy and Sean Van Dorn are going to be too much. This game's at Fayette County. That's a bit of a trip. Uh, it's going to be tough for Bainbridge to win this one. I'm going with Fayette County. Next up, North Oconee needed a, a baseline out-of-bounds play. Bird Carter at the buzzer, knocked down four threes, had 34 points. I said he's the best player on this team, and he proved me right, and he got the job done 53-52 over Central Carrollton. Central Carrollton had a, a, a lead in this game, led for, I believe, a majority of the game. Uh, really impressive season for the Lions. Really unfortunate to see them lose, but North Oconee just barely finding a way to win at the buzzer as Region 8 takes three out of four. They will see Woodland. Woodland Stockbridge, 14-14 coming in. West uh, Southwest DeKalb was 25-2. Southwest DeKalb was my state runner-up pick. Southwest DeKalb, I had them ranked number three in the state. I had an opportunity to move them to number one after Pace and... McDonough lost, but I just said, oh, I don't know. There might just be something missing about Southwest DeKalb. I don't know if they scored the ball well enough, and they didn't. They lost 55-45 to Woodland, and that, again, just really, really hurt Southwest DeKalb. Poor Eugene Brown, a great coach, just still trying to get that elusive state title. It really hurt for him. He's one of the good guys in the game, um, but Dwight Calloway's team, Peaking at the right time, I suppose. The four seed finds a way to win. And now they see North Oconee. And again, this game's going to be a chess match. Rick Rasmussen's going to have this team in a good position to win North Oconee. But again, um, they can sometimes struggle to score the ball. Uh, I think Woodland's in a good spot here. I think Mason Lewis uh, plays a good game. Ryan Grace, I think they have a couple other guys that are very dangerous right now this time of year. Um I don't know. It's going to be really tough. I think it's going to be really tough for North Oconee to pull this one out. Um, and I know Woodland is definitely believing after that win. But I am going to say 
North Oconee. I'm going to ride with North Oconee. It's going to be very, very tough, but I think defensively they might be able to lock in and stop Kyrie Brown and company. Uh, I just feel like North Oconee has been the more consistent and the better team throughout the season. But after Woodland went into the House of the Panthers and pulled out a win, Woodland probably the favorite in this game, but I'll go with the underdog. I'll say North Oconee finds a way to manufacture enough points and beats Woodland. In Class 3A, 13 out of 16, we got right. Top left-hand side was not too pretty to me, but Douglas, 61-52 over LFO. But we got White County wrong. Jaden Ye had his 28 points. He did what he was supposed to do. He's a great player. He scores, but just not enough supporting cast, which was always the concern for White County. And Hebron Christian was able to expose that. Hebron at just 12 and 16. Um, but Blake Wilson transferring in middle of the season has given them a lift inside. They win 74-55 over White County. Uh, yeah, things get tricky now. Douglas or Hebron? Douglas, Hebron, it's going to be a really tough toss-up here. I'm not sure who to go with off the top of my head. Uh, Again, Hebron has seen the likes of Monroe area and Hart County and teams like that, Oconee County that can really shoot the ball. Um, But, of course, Douglas is coming out of that super strong region with Sandy Creek. Um, But those McHale boys over there at Douglas, Jacob and Josh, are really tough. This game's going to be at Douglas. I am going to go with... mm, I'm going to go with Hebron Christian. I will pick Hebron to win this game, obviously, unconvincingly. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game either way. I'm not surprised if Douglas wins this game. Obviously not surprised if Hebron wins. But I think Hebron has some good pieces. And again, Wilson moving in to provide a shot blocker and rebounding presence inside. I think that helps out Hebron a lot. And Mataj Glover, if he can get hot from the perimeter, uh, I, I think they have a chance. And I, I really like Derek Mason as a very, very good coach. So I'm going with Hebron to squeak one out over Douglas. Next up, Beach was defeated 57-56. By Harlem. A real surprise. I was told, I woke up to a text message in the morning just yesterday that Shamari Huey is going to play in this game. Uh, He may have played. I haven't done my my due diligence in researching that, if he did or not. But Harlem wins it. Uh, I believe this one was at the buzzer from a video I saw. Um, Really tough way to end the season for a really strong beach team. But Harlem continues to dance as a two-seed protecting home floor. But now they see Doherty. Doherty. Doherty's playing good, man. Bakari Bryant has this team playing well. 90-37 to smokes Mary Persons. And I think Doherty is going to defeat Harlem in the next round. But I do think Harlem playing with house money. I think Harlem's got a couple solid players, especially in that backcourt. But I do like Doherty uh, with Jion Burns. And the Jinx boys, I'm going with the Trojans. Bottom left-hand side, Cedar Grove handles her business with a 73-53 win over Lafayette. And now they see Monroe area, 80-57 over Pickens. 
was close in the first quarter, but then established their dominance. Jalen Flood with back-to-back highlight slam dunks. Monroe area has the athletes to match up with Cedar Grove. It's going to come down to is Monroe area going to let a freshman and Manny Green beat them at Cedar Grove. Again, Darius Reynolds is going to be a major issue inside with Cedar Grove. He's a great offensive rebounder. You might see Monroe area unlock Larry Crawford, a big six foot six post presence. Get in there. You might see some Javen Todd action, a six foot seven, more of a shooter, but does have that length. Um, Jalen Adside. I believe he's a thousand point score for Cedar Grove. What is Monroe area going to do to bottle him up? And then EJ Colson, the quarterback on the football team. That's he's a good player. He's a good score. Um, but Cedar Grove, I don't think they necessarily have a ton of depth. I think Monroe area can run out multiple guys. Jakari Jones uh, has been playing well. Jeremiah Anderson had a big game. Vonte Newell, I think him, if Vonte Newell wins the battle at the point guard position, is able to set up his teammates, limit turnovers, and apply solid defensive pressure. I think Monroe area can win this game. They're going to be at home. This is going to be a really tough matchup. I think the Cedar Grove team is very, very talented. And again, you're probably playing the number one freshman in the state of Georgia, so it's not going to be easy. But I do think Monroe area, with their playmakers of Dre Null and Vontae Null, I think they can break down their defenders and get those easy spoon-feed assists to Jeremiah Anderson. And if Monroe area is able to hit a couple outside shots with Allen Jones spacing the floor and shooting from the corners, I don't see a reason why Monroe area doesn't win this game. Uh, I think it's going to be very close, and I think Cedar Grove can most certainly win. But I think Monroe area finds a way just with the cohesion and the good team chemistry here, I think they eke one out at home with the home court advantage playing a big factor. I like Monroe area and possibly possibly the game of the night in the Sweet 16 in Class 3A. Next up, bottom left-hand side, Long County, 82-71 winner over Salem. They play Upson Lee, who won in overtime, 72-70 over Carver Columbus. Upson Lee, I believe their their largest lead of the game was two points. Carver led by as many as about seven points or so. Uh, boy, oh boy, you know, Carver is just 6-19, Upson Lee 20-6. Now, I think Upson Lee at home, it's still a really tough place to play at, at the castle. But I do think Long County... It has been the better team this year. I just think they're coming from Region 3, which was hands down probably the best region in all of 3A. And just, again, you know, games aren't won and lost on paper. But hands down, on paper, I think Region 2 was probably the worst region in the state. Um, So I think Long County, but Roderick Randall, a first-teamer, is a a good guard, about six foot tall. He's been tough for them. Uh, you got big contributions from Keyshawn Smith, Khalil Anderson, Jamil Brimlett, uh, Christian Glenn. So I think Long County, I think the Blue Tide, I think they win this game. Again, they've seen some better competition. They've performed better against better competition. But again, Daryl Lockhart and the Castle in February, uh-uh, tough place to play. But I'm going with Long County. Top right-hand side, we have Crisp County, 166-64 over Jackson. And they will see Johnson-Savannah, 107-45 over Hevsava. Johnson is on a warpath to a state title, I feel. 
I think they will defeat Crisp County. I think Crisp has a couple nice players, but Johnson, uh, too much. They just have everyone clicking at the right time. Again, we know about the key guys. Antonio Baker, the region player of the year. Josh Quarterman, really, really good. Malachi Robinson. But it's that second tier of guys that really makes Johnson special. Fabian Kirkwood in the backcourt. Kamari Jones has really stepped up this year. Caden uh, Davis, he's a little spark plug off the bench. Uh, I love what he brings, his change of pace. He plays with a fearless style. Johnson's got the pieces. I think they're going to overwhelm Crisp County. I like Johnson to beat Crisp. Next up, we got this one wrong. Stevens County. I believed in Stevens, and they just couldn't get the job done. Wesleyan was able to manufacture points, 58-45 over those athletic football players of Stevens County. A really nice win for Coach Jeremy Oliver. Wesleyan has been, again, a team that floated in the bottom of the top 10 for a majority of the season but fell out a few weeks ago. Uh, But now they'll see Sandy Creek Lightning. Unfortunately for everybody else in the state, did not strike twice for Ringgold. Beat Monroe area last year. Not so much with Sandy Creek. Sandy Creek SC definitely took Ringgold seriously. 100-57. to They uh, really took it to them. And I think they're going to be able to beat Wesley. And I know Wesley's got the size. Derwin Hodge at six foot six, Thomas Chipman, James McGriff, and then I love Josh Cabell in the backcourt, but Sandy Creek with Micah Smith, Mari Bram, Vic Newsom as an elder statesman. Uh, they're just going to be too much, too much firepower. It's going to be very difficult for Wesleyan to slow them down. So I think the Patriots advance to the Elite Eight. Bottom right hand side. Monroe, a ho-hum, 68-33 win over Peach County. And Cross Creek really put it on Groves, 86-63. Cross Creek is getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and I know they haven't played a lot of juggernaut schools, but Groves, again, not necessarily top to bottom the most talented roster, but they play as hard as anybody in the state, and they're a challenging team to play, and Cross Creek really had no issue with them in a 23-point win. Cross Creek versus Monroe. I'm going with Cross Creek here. Monroe's been good this year they've been good they haven't been great they've been good this year and I think they're seeing a team playing their best basketball that's really believing in a three-peat cross creek over Monroe I think Antoine Lork again I just he's a difference maker this time of year he can score inside he can step outside a little bit but defensively I think that's where he wrecks games the most and I like the Razorbacks bottom right hand side Hart County in overtime 83-77 over Gilmer. Terrence Mitchell with a good game, of course. Taj Johnson played well also. They will see Adairsville. No sweat. They beat 0-25. Carver Atlanta, 80-56. to um, Hart County coming to Adairsville. I'm going Hart County in this game. Going Hart County. I think Taj Johnson plays a really big factor. And again, if Terrence Mitchell can get downhill... Keelan Stowers can hit some outside shots. Avery Strickland, they have a nice team, Hart County. I don't know if this is a state title contender, but they have a nice team. They do have uh, who's probably going to be the best player on the floor nine times out of ten in Taj Johnson. That's going to be an issue with the Daresville who I wouldn't – I mean, they're fairly athletic on the wings, 
but inside they don't have a lot of great leapers, and I think Taj can really dominate this game around the rim. I think Trey Winters has to have a really good game. He's going to have to fill up the, 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 the box score. I think Zach Postel has to not only hit threes on the perimeter, but has to make plays downhill to keep Hart County uh, on their toes. I think Hart County wins this game and advances to the Elite Eight. Over in Class 2A, one of my better classifications, 14 of 16. Got everything right on this left side. We'll start on the top left-hand side. Washington 68-62 in overtime against Callaway. Again, Washington kind of scares me sometimes, but undeniable talent and size and athleticism on this roster. Now they see model, model 76 uh, 56 against Athens Academy, 20-point win. Uh, model's big, though. Model can match up with them. The Herd boys can match up with Washington inside. Jeremiah's Herd at about 6'9". is a space eater, and Jaquinas Herd is a problem. I know Washington can counter with guys like Tobias Rice and Cameron Fountain. There's going to be big bodies going at it, but I like Model to win this game. Model has made some runs in the past. I think they know what it takes. I think they're going to have great home court advantage. And I do like Big Blue. I think they are some poor, hungry dogs. And I think they're going to still be starving after this game. That bowl is not yet full. I think Model wins. Next up, Putnam County, 71-49 over Tombs. They see Dodge County 60-41 over Rutland. Dodge has had a tremendous season, but I think it comes to an end. Putnam just has so much dang firepower. Putnam has so much firepower with Aaron Banks, uh, Landon Bonner, Kenny Crawford. These guys can put the ball in the basket. Peyton Ellison, they're good. Putnam's good. Dodge hasn't necessarily seen a, a elite-level competition. That you know Their region was... It's okay, not not great, but they've done a terrific job of uh, winning a bunch of games, and it's going to be tough. They're going to be hosting Putnam, but Putnam coming out of that Augusta region, uh, which went three and one, uh, they, they're not going to see an environment that they haven't already seen going to like Butler and Westside and Thompson. They've seen this stuff before, and, and I think Putnam. If they just keep their heads about them, I think they should win this game against Dodge. But I think Dodge is going to put up a great fight. But I think Putnam finds a way to pull it out. Bottom left-hand side, North Cobb Christian, 59. Redan, 56. North Cobb Christian making things interesting. But they find a way to win. And now they will see Providence Christian. Providence Christian uh, again, just smoking the ball. They are just shooting so well. 89-51 over Rock Mart. Uh, really took it to them. Um, but remember, these two teams, they played last year. I know the rosters are a lot different. That is for sure. Um, but these two teams hooked up in a game last year. North Cobb Christian won that game at Providence, 88-83. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, I think, again, Albert Wilson is where you have a big advantage here. Providence, tallest player, about 6'3", 6'4", and Thomas Malcolm. Um, that's a big advantage. And I know Providence is a great three-point shooting team with Samuel Thacker, who's fantastic, and Cam Carroll. All those guys can shoot the three really, really well. But Christian Hernandez is a legit 
three-point specialist that shoots close to 50% from three. And I think C.J. Wallace is a pretty good playmaker off the dribble. And I think Gabe Bolden is a dynamic guy that can score at multiple levels. Samuel A. Gunlay provides defense and shot blocking uh, and rebounding inside. So I think North Cobb Christian can kind of beat up Providence a little bit inside. Uh, but with that being said, this game's at Providence. I, I do like the Storm to win this game. I just feel like there's just so many guys that can knock down shots, and they move the ball so incredibly well. And, uh, you know, I think they're playing really well ever since they got beat by, who was it? I think Banks County recently beat them to end the regular season. I think that was a bit of a wake-up call uh, to hone back in and, uh, I think they find a way to beat North Cobb Christian, but I do really like this matchup. This should be a fun one between two good private schools. Bottom left-hand side, we saw Butler beat Tatmell County 59-44 on the road. Just a really tough matchup for Tatmell. That Region 4 is just a gauntlet. And then Spencer beat up Cook 83-46. Spencer's going to have to play really well against Butler. I, I like Spencer to win this one. Again, I just feel like Tyson McDaniels, if he just unleashes everything, I just think Butler doesn't have anyone that can match up with him physically and skill-wise as well. Um, he can really just beat up games with his defense and then you know rebounds, transition points, can even shoot a little bit from the perimeter. And Spencer's got some other big, intimidating bodies to go along with him and Tony Montgomery in the backcourt. So I like Spencer to win this game over Butler, but Cervantes' body has done a hell of a job. Hell of a job over there at Butler this year. But I think Spencer just has a little bit more talent, and they're able to win this game at home. Top right-hand side, Central making 67-49 over Fitzgerald. Now let's see Windsor Forest. We got this one wrong. Windsor Forest 72-68 against Thompson. Thompson, again, they have everybody back from last year's team. Windsor Forest roster looks uh, significantly different in some aspects. And they still can't beat Windsor Forest. And Windsor Forest, this win, I mean, Windsor Forest is tough. They're really good. I like Windsor Forest. I think they're going to beat Central Macon, Larry Pounds, Karan Anderson, and um, Ahmad Grobner. They got some dudes over there. They're playing really, really well. They've kind of been flying under the radar. I mean, they've been like in that 5-7 to seven range, 6-8 to eight range as far as the top 10 goes. But I think Windsor Forest has kind of unlocked something. They're playing exceptionally well, and I don't think Central Macon's going to be able to keep pace with them at all in Savannah. Next up, let's see here. We had Union County hang 85 points on Murray County, 85-63, knocking down shots. They can really play. They got weapons out there, and Eli Underwood had a big game underneath the basket, and, of course, Hayden Hughes a knockdown three-point shooter who gets clean looks off Jude Ellis and Houston Henry's dishes. Union County will be going on the road, though, against Columbia. Columbia 63-50 against Drew Charter. That was a good game. That game was a lot closer. Columbia went on a little spurt there in the second half to gain control. Uh, Terrell Wright is going to be a big factor in this one. Boy, oh, boy. Long, athletic. About 6'9", finishes everything with a dunk. So right there, you're putting Eli Underwood in a very precarious position. How does he score around the basket? Is he just negated and is just relegated to being a rebounder? If that is the case, I mean, that's one of your better scores. Just going to you know, not be as big of a factor as he usually is. 
if he's able to score inside, that's going to be using the rim as protection on reverse shots. That's going to be putting the ball going into the chest of the shot blocker, negating his length, but still you're giving up like five or six inches and so much athleticism. That's going to be really difficult. Union County's going to have to knock down shots on the perimeter, um, but this Columbia team's tough. Trayvon Callaway is really the, the key man that facilitates Rashad Hedges, all these good athletes. It's You're asking a lot for Union County when they're just going to be athletically overmanned, outmanned, and then uh, undersized compared to Columbia. It's going to be tough. The three ball is a great equalizer, uh, but Columbia's, Columbia's good, man, and I think Columbia wins this game. Bottom right-hand side, Sumter County 62-47 over Northeast Macon. They will see West Side Augusta 77-32 over Vidalia. That score was initially reported 65-60 Vidalia, but it, it was a, a, an incorrect score, and that gave me heart palpitations when I saw that. I said, what is going on? Is this the biggest upset in the state tournament? No. Westside handled their business and did so in big fashion. And I think they're going to do that again against Sumter County. Sumter County is a good team. Uh, kind of fell off the track early on in the season. They've righted the ship. But this game is at Westside. Kalon Hudson's really good. You know all the usual suspects. The big four of Westside Augusta. Bunch of veterans. A lot of seniors involved. I like the Patriots to win this game. Bottom right-hand side. We got this one wrong, but I'm not too surprised. 72-61, Banks County. They fall off and lose to North Murray. Again, Banks County had a couple issues with getting out to shooters throughout the season, it looks like, and North Murray's a good outside shooting team. So they hit some threes and were able to propel themselves to victory at home. And now they see South Atlanta, 55-53, close win over Landmark Christian. Uh, North Murray has a great chance at winning this game. They, they really do. They, they really, really do. Um, South Atlanta's been good this year. Uh, you know, some things broke their way in the region tournament, albeit, you know, they were the, one of the teams that made the breaks happen with a big win in the semifinals. But North, North Murray, they, they have a chance. They definitely have a chance. Again, the three ball is a great equalizer. If South Atlanta is undisciplined and getting to their closeouts, North Murray can make this a very interesting game. They have some shooters on that roster that can space the floor and they will let it fly. I think South Atlanta, I'm, I'm going to go with South Atlanta, but they have to be very aware of Judson Petty, Skyler Williams. Um, they got key contributions. Isaiah Morrison's a good player. Savon McDade can shoot the three. It's going to be tough. I'm going with South Atlanta, but again, circle this game. Do not be overly surprised if the Mountaineers are somehow able to find a way past the Hornets. Well, 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 we're on to Class A, Division One. Got 14 out of 16 right here. Ah, private schools, they did pretty well. Top left-hand side, Mount Pisgah, 52-45 over Prince Avenue. A little bit closer than expected. Um, it was a good game, very good game. Prince Avenue, tough team, but they were 13-14. and 14. They gave Mount Pisgah everything they wanted and more. They will now see Darlington, who they had no problem whatsoever with Elbert County. They were up as many as 30 points. They went 75 to 51. Darlington's going to give Mount Pisgah a game. Darlington is deep. They have a lot of guys that can shoot the ball. Jack Bell, Charlie Shaw as a stretch forward. Uh, Demarion Floyd is where it all starts and stops, though. Simon Pollage. Uh, 
this is a good team. Quinn McClarity comes in, provides energy. I mean, the list goes on and on. Braden Bell, they got some guys that can put the ball in the basket. Now, they don't have a ton of off-the-dribble creators other than Floyd, um, but if they can space you out, get some clean looks, get some cuts to the basket, manufacture points, they like to get out and press too, make you uncomfortable, Mount Pisgah is going to have to play well. Uh, Micah Tucker, is. Uh, I think he has a chance to be a high major point guard. He's going to have to play like one today, or not today, but <laughs> in this next round. Uh, but Grant Randall, that is wherein lies the potential issue for Darlington. An athletic six foot eight combo forward, play on the wing, play inside, play outside. I'll be interested to see how Coach Nathan West addresses him and what kind of game plan they have. But it's going to be at Darlington. Um, you know, I just feel like I'm bad luck. I'm, you know, Darlington's 24 and three now. Uh, I've been at two of their losses, so maybe I, I, you know, I haven't seen them at their very, very best. Uh, so that maybe that, you know, they say rose colored glasses, my purple colored shades are, are not shining through on their best performances of the season. But I still think this, this Darlington team's tough. They're, they're going to have a chance. They could win this game. This is not a foregone conclusion that Region 6 is going to put all four teams in the Region Championship. Or in the state Final Four, my, my, my apologies. But it starts here with Darlington. Can Darlington beat Mount Pisgah? Yes. Do I think they will? I'm, I'm going to say no. Um, but I, I, I think this one could be very, very close. And I, I could see the Tigers uh, shaking up the state picture. Next up, Heard County. 8 and 16 coming into the state tournament they beat 12 and 16 Bryan County 70 to 56 and now they see Irwin County 51-48 winner over Jefferson County I guess I'll go with Irwin County here um, but again both teams not with super sexy records um, coming out of small not the strongest regions Heard County's got a heck of a chance to win this one but Irwin County on the road, or making Heard County come on the road to Irwin County, I think home court advantage could play a somewhat of a factor here. So I'm going to go with Irwin County. Bottom left-hand side, Mount Bethel, 63-56 over Oglethorpe County. Oglethorpe gave them a game. Some of these public schools, they put their best foot forward against these juggernauts from Region 6. Very interesting. Mount Bethel will play Athens Christian, a 71-55 winner over Dade County. I, I like Mount Bethel in this game. I like Mount Bethel. Uh, James White, Jackson Bell, I think that tandem in the backcourt alone should be able to handle or, uh, you know, be able to outduel Thrasher Wilkins and some of these other guys. Drew Beadle. I'm going with Mount Bethel. They've been the better team this year. I know they lose their big six foot nine center that changes thing, but Cole Buecher inside, uh, along with some other uh, key pieces. I like Mount Bethel to win this game, but it's going to be at Athens Christian. That's a super tiny gym. Boy, oh boy, Athens Christian fans are loud. If you're a referee, you might want to plug your ears. They get after you. They are very vocal. They will have home court advantage over there at Athens Christian, but I do think Mount Bethel like I said, has been the better team this year. They're more battle-tested. I think Mount Bethel finds a way through. Bottom left-hand side to finish up, we have Savannah 76-43 over Crawford County. Easy. They will play Swainsboro 87-36 over Bacon County. I don't know. Swainsboro's playing well. It's at Swainsboro, but I'm going to go with Savannah again. 
I just trust in that Savannah area. I think they're going to have their hands full, but I do think the Blue Jackets have a chance to knock off the Tigers. I'm going to go with Savannah. Like I said, I feel like they've been the better team during the season, you know, a longer stretch of the season. But just looking at Swainsboro, they haven't played as many games. And uh, a lot of losses came early on the year, in the year, without their football players. So that, that's a, a bit misleading. But I'll go with Savannah. But uh, I'm not going to say this is a for sure lock or anything like that. Top right-hand side, Pelham 77-75 over East Lawrence in double overtime. What a game on the road. Horns, Hornets sting the Falcons. Pelham. Will now travel to Woodville Tompkins, 60-33 over Lamar County. I think, again, Woodville Tompkins, they've been a better team than Pelham this year. I, I like Woodville to win. I think Alfonso Ross is just going to be a bowling ball getting to the rim, making things happen. Um, this is a good Woodville Tompkins team. I, I foresee them handling their business and making it to the Elite Eight. Next up, we have Rabin County, 54-42 over Tryon. But now they see Kings Ridge. Kings Ridge 69-60. A winner over Social Circle, a game that I was at. That was a really good game. Uh, just breaking it down. Social Circle scored like the first basket of the game. And then from there, they trailed for essentially the entire game. I mean, it was 42-25 at the half, 57-45 going into the fourth quarter. Social Circle started coming back. They got out of that zone. They started to press. They started to use that athleticism. Uh, A.J. Vinson. A.J. Vinson was dominant inside for Social Circle. I know he signed to play uh, junior college football, but, man, he really hammered Kings Ridge inside. He fouled out Micah Hoover and William Job. He had 19 points, 11 rebounds, and two blocks. Um, but Kings Ridge, they mixed up a lot of different defenses. They did a great job of keeping Lamarius Jackson in front, held him to 14 points. Uh, but Jaden Cole was really special. I mean, this team hit seven threes in the first half. They hit 12 threes for the game. Um, Jaden Cole really went off with three threes in that first quarter, got him off to an early lead. They hit four threes total in that first quarter. Uh, Cole finished with 17 points. Isaac Martin was just so steady, making all the right reads, 11 points, eight assists. You got 11 points from Micah Hoover and 10 rebounds. He really did damage in the first quarter before he got in foul trouble. Got a lot of offensive rebounds, drew a lot of fouls, was at the line a ton. Uh, and then also another 11-point score was Zach Thomas, who played well. Uh, they just moved the ball so dang well. You got Jack Thomas also adding nine points and ten rebounds. They just they hit the open man, and the open man hits the bottom of the net with the three-point shot. And I think Raven County's not going to be able to handle that. Uh, they just are, are so tough. And even William Job, you know, he's 6'10". He's going to at least block some shots around the rim. So that's going to, you know, if he's in there, him and Micah Hoover is going to make life really tough on Willie Goodwin, who's only about maybe 6'2", uh, but uses athleticism really well to score inside. Him and Jack Hood are going to have their hands full um, with that size inside. And then uh, I know Raven County can like to play uh, helter-skelter style. I wonder if they're going to press and really try and pick up the tempo. I, I know they like to try and outscore some people and get Cooper Welch some outside shots and Huey Blaylock's a, a great facilitator. Uh, but Kings Ridge, they move the ball so well. They can really dissect you. And again, that three-point shooting, uh, it's like they're just good, man. They're really good 
and I have a hard time seeing Raven County being able to keep pace with Kings Ridge. The one saving grace is this game will be at Raven, and I know Tiger Georgia will have a lot of people there, but it's going to be a really uphill battle for them. I really think Kings Ridge is on a path to the final four, especially if they play as well as they did in this game against Social Circle. Bottom right-hand side, Dublin back on the winning track, 60-43 over Brooks County. They will see Temple, 85-51, crushed Scriven County. Uh, Games at Temple, I'm going Dublin. Temple has had a really good year. Dublin's kind of, you know, they haven't played great down the stretch, but I think Dublin's been a little bit better than Temple throughout the year, but Coach Cottrell's a really good coach. They play good defense. They're going to be at home. Tigers are going to have a, I don't know, is that going to be a doubleheader with the girls' team? I think girls' team might be on the road. I'm not sure off the top of my head, so might not be a doubleheader. But Temple's playing well, um, but I think I think Dublin finds a way. I think Dublin wins, but shoot, you know the past two years, Dublin has lost on absolute heartbreakers they lost on a half court three to hancock central then last year they lose on a shot that bounces and hits the top of the scoreboard and drops in so the luck of the irish has not been on dublin's side so if they lose uh get your cameras ready it might be in heartbreaking fashion but i think dublin think dublin beats temple here bottom right hand side to finish things up chatuga 60 57 over tallula falls Anthony Hardaway and Vlad Papasku, both with uh, big games, both with 21 points. But Chattooga, again, they're good at home. Jared Gross does a good job. They have good game plans. They shoot the ball well. They launch a lot of threes. Expect them to launch a ton of threes um, in this game. Uh, Trey Smith and Damian Smith, Head Smith, um, both had 19 points. And they're going to trade twos for threes against Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon, 96-56 over Jasper County. Mount Vernon, of course, big. Keith Williams is going to be a monster inside, a huge issue. Dennis Scott at 6'10", but luckily for Chattooga, he's more of a perimeter player that loves to shoot threes. Pace bottoms can stretch the floor. Xavier Chagog, I'm very worried about what he is going to be able to do on the inside. I think Mount Vernon has a just a monster advantage in the paint. Uh, Brady Gross is going to be asked to do a lot. Him and Bowden Heathcock. Coy Dodd might be unlocking this game. 6'7 freshman. It's going to be tough. If Chatuga wants to win this game, they're really going to have to hit 15 threes at least. Uh, that length of Mount Vernon is just going to be a real issue to deal with. And if Mount Vernon's able to punch the ball inside and uh, just take smart shots, there's there's no reason why they, they don't win this game. Plus, this game's at Mount Vernon. Chattooga doesn't have the home court advantage. Um, it's going to be tough. Scrappy team, Chattooga, uh, Quarry Gibson and company. We already mentioned Trey Smith, Damian Smith, uh, Dan Meyer. Those guys, like I said, it's going to have to be three or four threes from three or four different guys and able to keep pace with Mount Vernon because I just don't think they're going to score a whole lot in the paint whatsoever. Mount Vernon is my pick to win this game. And finally, we finish up with Class A, Division Two. 14 out of 16 games selected correctly. Did fairly well here. 
Uh, we'll start on the top left-hand side, as always. Manchester 76-45 over GMC. And then Green Force overwhelms Towns County 80-37. to I think Green Force, again, that's a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite to win the state title. Manchester's got some tough dudes. Uh, Zaiwan Gray is a physical presence. Um, but, you know, he's only about six foot four. I think DK Manuel and uh, Guy Chol will be a factor. Again, both seven-footers, not necessarily going to score 20 points per game, both of those guys. But uh, if they use that size to their advantage, they should be in good shape. And they got just enough good guard play. So Green Force, again, that's, that's, a, that's a buzzsaw for these teams. Be very interested to see if any of these public schools can compete with Green Force. Next up, McIntosh County Academy laid the wood on Hawkinsville, 85-44. Now they see Calhoun County, 87-32 against Atkinson County. They blew them out of the water. But Atkinson County, 6-22, so this is not anything crazy. Calhoun County should win this game against McIntosh County Academy. Again, MCA, I like that they play those teams in that Savannah area in the outskirts of town. So they've seen some tough competition. But Calhoun County, at Calhoun County, that's a different brand of basketball, especially in February and in the state playoffs. Very tough to win over there. Josiah Suber and company, good team. I like Calhoun County to just overwhelm McIntosh. Bottom left-hand side, Hancock Central, 60-52. to They beat Chattahoochee County. That was a tough game, but like I said, Hancock has been battle-tested, so no surprise. And a team that wasn't quite as battle-tested, Warren County, the one seed, Defeated by Southwest Atlanta Christian, who was 9-15. They lose 62-56. Um, yeah, Warren County, they just that's that's why they weren't in the top 10 all year. Uh, just wasn't quite as good as last year's team. The region's not that strong. And that, you know, it played out how I expected. But I did think they would at least win that first-round game. But unfortunately... For them, it did not go their way. So Southwest Atlanta Christian, a team who struggled this year, decimated by transfers, now against Hancock. Uh, and they're on the road. Sparta, tough place to play. I got Hancock moving on to the Elite Eight. Bottom left-hand side, Telfair County, 64-57 over Jenkins County. We got this one wrong. Jenkins County boys and girls erased in the first round by Telfair County. Telfair County now sees Charlton County. 66-32 winner over Early County. I'm going Charlton in this one. Telfair is, Telfair is good. Telfair has been in the top 10 uh, for a few weeks this year. Uh, Antonio Scott's really good. Football player gets downhill to the basket. It's going to be an issue, but Charlton County with Jarvis Wright, he's going to launch threes, three, 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 three. He's going to jack them up, and he's going to make a good chunk of them. And then Elias Williams inside a big fill at six foot eight is a animal down there. I like Charlton to win, but I do think Telford County. Telford County's good. Charlton's going to have to play well to beat them, but I think Charlton gets it done. Top right-hand side, this right-hand side of the bracket was perfect. Randolph Clay 50-45 over Turner County, and now they see Portal 77-68 winners over Trutland. I'm going Portal here again, probably their last go around with Amir Jackson and that leading that junior class, you know, got so many ACC and SEC football offers. He's a big-time superstar now at that wide receiver position. Um, but I like him. I like Elijah Coleman. 
and Joseph Thomas has had a great season leading the team in scoring at about 16 points per game. That nucleus is good, and then Marion Tremble has stepped up to be that fourth scorer in double digits. Portal is good. I like Portal to defeat Randolph Clay. Next up, Fulton Leadership Academy, 59-51 over Aquinas. We got this one right. Fulton Leadership, uh, a misleading record, entered play at 10-9. They played some really good teams. They played Christian Heritage super close. They played Green Four super close. Um, they got those super seniors. This is a good team. I like them. I think they're going to be a real threat in this next round against Wilkinson County. Wilkinson, of course, 85-37 over Greenville. The key factor here, this game's at the Palace. I like Wilkinson County. Justin Stanley can shoot the three. The Cartier Craig does a good job facilitating, and they got some big bodies that go and get the ball off the glass. I like Wilkinson County here, but I do think Fulton leadership has a great chance at upsetting Wilco, but I just don't foresee it happening. Bottom right-hand side, Mitchell County gets past Clinch 65-60. to They will see Dooley County 58-52 over Montgomery. I'm going with Mitchell here. A good first-round test against Clinch County. Uh, I think Mitchell's, again, been they've been better than Dooley this year. I know Dooley's hot right now, but Mitchell County has played some of the better teams across the state. In Class A, Division II, and I think that'll pay off even though they have to go to Vienna. Bottom right-hand side to wrap things up, Christian Heritage, 73-46 over Lincoln County. A cool 38 ball for Jack Sabernathy, who is just, just going to be a handful. I want to see how Macon County decides to guard him. This should be interesting. Macon County, 102-64 over Twigs. I don't know. We'll see. Again, like I mentioned, this is going to be your first taste of a really, really good A public school. I know we don't have a public, the class A public anymore, but essentially that's what it is. Um, Christian Heritage is going to have to slow down Derek Lester and a lot of those guys. I got like three or four guys averaging double figures. But Jack Sabernathy, the three ball, Isaac Plavich, if he is hitting some shots, Cash Hare is a great rebounder and a point forward. I like Christian Heritage in this one. I'm very intrigued to see what this final score is. If Macon wins, it's going to be well-deserved. I'm going with Christian Heritage. They're a bit more of a known commodity, um, but we'll see. Really good private school versus a really good public school. Christian Heritage is my pick. And thus wraps up the GHSA Boys State Playoffs Sweet 16 preview. Again, I appreciate you listening. I'm sure I will see you in the gym, and take it easy on me on Twitter, everybody. Take it easy on me. Don't be too mean. I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you, and I will talk to you for the Elite Eight.